Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Well, good morning. Would you stand with me one more time this morning and let's just pray. Congratulations, graduates. We are so proud of you guys. I love this week of the year. It's so fun to watch you guys grow, and we're so proud of you, and we're believing for great things for your lives. Lord, we just worship you, and we praise you this morning. Would you join me and just lift your hands and just prepare your hearts? Father, we just prepare our hearts right now. Speak to my heart this morning, Father. God, I ask that you would speak through me. Lord, that you would place your anointing on the words as they go forth that every heart in this place would receive. God, that every heart in this place, even right now, is beginning to soften. Lord, I just ask for a spirit of humility over me and over those that are listening. Lord, that you would challenge us with your word. I pray that your word would speak directly to the hearts and to the needs of your people today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the truth of who you are and what you've provided to us, I pray that I would adequately be able to communicate that today. Lord, I love you and I honor you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap and then you may be seated. Well, I'm so excited and honored to be with you guys this morning. Um, Pastor Matt sends his love. My dad's best friend passed away suddenly this past week, and um, so Matt jumped on a plane and flew over there to be with my dad as a support and also to be a part of the, the funeral service, which is today. So be keeping him in your thoughts and prayers this morning. He hates to miss being with you guys. He loves being with y'all, so you'll just have to settle for me today. But I'm so excited to be with you guys this morning. I want to uh, speak a message today entitled, It's Time to Get Up. It is time to get up. You know, there are times in our lives where I know I've prayed this prayer where I'm like, Lord, I can't even hold on to you today. I just need you to hold on to me. And there are times in our lives where that's okay, where we're just sitting, like that song said, we're just sitting at Jesus' feet. All we have in us is a sacrifice of praise. All we have in us is a, Lord, do you have me? Do you got me? And, and, and God is there, and Jesus is there to carry you, and the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, and he is there to be with you in those seasons. But then those seasons have to end, and when those seasons end, it's time for us to get up. It's time for us to get up and access everything that God's provided for us to have. It's time for us to shake off the hurt and the guilt and the shame and the disappointment of what we've been through. And so today it's my, my prayer that you would leave here today knowing, number one, who God is, who you are, and knowing that you can get up and that you're ready to get up and that you've made a decision to get up and to, make, to move forward. Because it's time. There's an urgency. It's time for us to, 2020 was a tough year. 2021 might have been a tough year. But 2022 is the year of Time to get up and time to move and time to be all that God's called us to be. Time for us to access everything God's provided for us to access. Time for us to stop being complacent. Time for us to stop being stuck in, in, in the disappointment or the hurts of the past. Time for us to stop being stuck in the identity of who the enemy tells us who we are. Time for us to shake it off, stand up, and walk in the authority of who God's called us to be. Let's look at Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 24. You guys have heard this story a thousand times. This is the story of the prodigal son. He left home. He wanted his, his wealth before it was time, and he left home mad at his dad. He finds himself in the mud with the pigs, and then he realizes, what am I doing? So let's read these verses. 
When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out, and I will go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Let me just pause for a second. Look over here. Some of us read that and we're like, oh, he was so humble. Oh, what a, what a holy and humble attitude he had. I'll just go to my father and say, oh, father, make me like one of your hired servants. But the truth is, God is not impressed with that kind of attitude. He's not. He already sent Jesus to die on the cross to make you a son and a daughter. So when you approach God, don't approach him with, I'll just be your hired servant. I'll just be lowly me. No, approach him as I'm your son, I'm your daughter, you paid the price for me to be this, and so I'm going to access everything. I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I shouldn't have left, but I'm your son. Will you accept me back? Let's keep reading. So he got up. Everybody say, look at your neighbor and say, time to get up. He got up and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to the father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate. Look at your neighbor one more time and say, Let's celebrate. The first thing that you have to realize if you're ready to get up and if you want to get up, the first thing that you have to realize is, listen, righteousness is a free gift, salvation is a free gift, but healing is our responsibility. It may not be, the hurt may have not been your fault, the struggle that you're going through may have not been your fault, it may, be, have, it may have been caused by someone else, but the healing is your responsibility. Righteousness is a free gift. God loves us. He provided for us. You are a son. You are a daughter. And some of you still, I can tell looking at me right now, you still don't believe it. So the first step you have to take before you can ever get healed is you have to know who you are. Proverbs 18.10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong fortress. The righteous run to him and are safe. The righteous run to him. So we have to take action. We have to run to God to receive our healing and to receive our freedom. We run to him. The godly run to him and they are safe. Romans, everybody knows this verse, Romans, 10, Romans 12, 1 and 2, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We have to know, we have to set our minds right. We have to think right. We have to think right about God. We have to think right about ourselves and we have to think right about others. It's really important that you know and cling to truth if you're going to start this journey of healing and start this journey of restoration and start this journey of stepping into the next season of your life of promotion and healing. You have to know and cling to truth. So point number one is healing begins with righteousness. I think that it's important that we slow down in our lives and we remember what the cross is and what it was. Sometimes we just forget as Christians that Jesus suffered and died on a cross so that we could have relationship with God. 
so that we could be called sons and daughters. And we belittle that sometimes, and we forget that, and we, we negate what Jesus did on the cross, and we forget, and we don't access it. And God is telling us, I did it all for you. I gave Jesus, I, I allowed him to suffer and to die so that you could have a relationship with me. Hebrews 12, 2 says, I'm going to give him a second to pull it up. Hebrews 12, 2 says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You were the joy awaiting him. Think about that for a minute. Let's just slow down for a minute and think about that. Because your understanding of righteousness will come when you really understand the cross. When Jesus was going to the cross, he was all God, but he was all man. It wasn't just easy for him to go to the cross and suffer. He knew what he was in for. He knew that this was the most brutal, the most awful death that any human could ever suffer. And he knew what he was in for. He knew what he was headed to. When he went to Gethsemane, he was broken. He was crying out to the Father, please, if there's any other way, please show me another way. Let's do this a different way. And then it says, but for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Well, what do you think that joy was? Our freedom, our healing, our free relationship with him, our closeness to him, our communion with him. When we encourage you to read your word and spend time in prayer, it's not to check off some religious list. It's communion with the Father who loves you, who knows you, who gives you identity and strength and a sense of well-being and calm and peace. Communion with him is the reason Jesus died on the cross. Let's look at Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 3 and verse 7. And I want you guys, as we read this, to really notice this was the prophecy about Jesus. Notice, what did he come to do? The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to, number one, bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. If you're in here today and you are grieving and you are mourning and you are going through a loss, the time has come for you to be comforted and strengthened and pulled up and walk again. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. And verse 7, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes and joyous blessing instead of mourning. So the first step is we have to understand righteousness. Listen, no amount of sin, hear me, no amount of sin can change God's mind about you. It can't. No amount of sin in your past, no amount of sin that you committed this week can change God's mind about you. And I think sometimes we have a hard time understanding that because we equate God's love with our capacity to love. That's what sets him, that's what makes God different from us is that his capacity to love is just different from ours. Our love has limits, right? As humans, our love has limits. Like sometimes it's like, okay, that's it. I'm going to love you, but I'm going to leave you to be over there because you've hurt me one too many times. You've disappointed me one too many times. That's it. It's just not how it is with God. His capacity to love is not the same as ours. That's what makes him different from us. He loves you with an everlasting love. God loves you. 
deeply. He sent his son to die. No amount of sin can change his mind about you. Righteousness is a free gift when you accepted Jesus. But now the question is, are you going to stay there? Are you going to receive that forgiveness? Are you going to receive that and walk out everything he's provided for you? Number two, healing comes through God's word. This is just really basic 101. Look, we live in a world full of resources, right? How many resources are out there on Google? How many books are there on Amazon about inner healing, about overcoming, about, there's just, there's an endless amount. You can go to Barnes and Noble and you're just overwhelmed by all of the resources out there, which is a great thing. And we're going to talk about that as we go on to, to the other points. But the first and foremost, your first resource is the word. It is the manual that God gave us. I said this in Spanish last week. Jesus, God sent Jesus to die on the cross, but then he didn't even stop there. He loved us enough then to give us his word, which is a manual that shows us how to then pursue him and know him and have a relationship with him. So he sent Jesus to die on the cross as a pursuit of us, and then he sent his word and gave us his word to teach us how to pursue him back and know him. God loves us so much that he has provided everything that we need. No more excuses, no more reasons why he provided everything. The question is, what are we going to do about it? So his word is a manual. I want to show, I want to tell you a quick story. So we had some stuff installed at our house recently over the course of the last year, and there were different components that weren't working right. And I was so frustrated. I was so mad some days. I was mad at the contractor. Other days I was mad at Matt. Other days I was mad. At, I was just mad because nothing was working right. Until finally I went out there and I went, okay, there was this thick manual that came with one of the components, thick, yellow. I'll never forget what it looks like. I took it inside, I got my cup of coffee, I sat down and I went to page one. And I was like, I'm going to read this manual until I figure this out. And I didn't understand any of it. I was using the dictionary. I was going to figure this out because no one else could figure it out. By the end of it, guys, it was one little switch on the back of that component that I needed to flip on that then caused the other three components to all work. One little switch. I'm like, why didn't the professionals tell me that? But just like there was a manual to that appliance, there is a manual to our lives. We just have to sit down and study it and take the time to know it. Because something in there, I promise you, something in there, if you'll take the time to study the word and read the word as a mirror, something in there will be the exact answer that you're looking for. Something in there will be the word that you need. Something in there will be the answer to the question that you have at work, the wisdom that you need in a relationship, the, the, issue, the, the issue solver with something that's going on with, with something going on in your life. Healing comes through the word. Number three, healing is initiated by our actions. Healing is initiated by our actions. Because God's already provided everything, right? We settled that. Do you believe that? If you believe it, say yes. God's already provided everything. Now whose responsibility is it from here on out? Mine. Because we don't ever have to worry, man, God, are you going to give your 100%? Man, God, are you going to show up for me? Sometimes we do wonder. Man, God, you sure have been quiet. Things have been tough. One, not, one hit after another. I feel like I'm just spinning from all the, all the hits in this life. God, where are you? We don't ever have to wonder if God is there and if he's going to give his 100%. He's going to show up, period. It might take a little while, and you might have to wait on him 
but he will show up. The question is, am I going to show up? Are you going to show up? Are we going to show up? Um, let's go back to the, well, I'll just, let's refer back to the prodigal story. The prodigal was sitting in the mud with the pigs, and the Bible says that he came to his senses. Okay? So let's just say this morning, you're coming to your senses, and you're like, okay, life has been tough. I'm hurting. I lost somebody. I am struggling in my finances. I'm going through a divorce. I made some mistakes, and I'm struggling with shame. Whatever it is this morning, you're coming to your senses, and you're going, okay, my reality is, my fact is that things aren't right right now, but I don't want to stay this way. The prodigal came to his senses, and then he got up, and he said, I will go back to my father. And then he made the journey. You have to make the journey. You have to take the steps. You have to pursue God. Go for it. Y'all know how. That's the thing. Sometimes we sit there and we're like, but I don't know how. Yes, you do. God has provided all of the right people. Think about Ruth and Naomi for a moment. Ruth and Naomi were in a barren, desolate place. They had lost everything. They had lost their husbands. They had lost their source of provision. They had lost everything. And here they were in a barren place. I'll never forget when I had the opportunity to go to Israel. And our tour guide said, everybody look out the left of the bus. That is the journey that Ruth took with Naomi. And I started to bawl. Tears just streaming down my face. Because it was literally wilderness. Nothing, nothing was out there but sunshine and dirt. And I was like looking out there thinking, what a journey they took together. Think about Ruth and Naomi. In that moment, Ruth could have left, right? She could have headed back home to where it was comfortable. But she clung to Naomi. And in your life, God will always provide someone for you to cling to. Always. Listen, I want to talk to you for a minute about rejection. Your rejection has held you captive long enough. Your rejection has caused you to push away your Naomi's long enough. I'm sorry that you were rejected. I really am. I'm sorry that you were hurt. I'm sorry that you were left out. I'm sorry that they left you. I'm sorry that they hurt you and disappointed you. But at the end of the day, your rejection, if you're not careful and you don't let God heal it, that rejection, you will let that rejection become an identity. And you'll see yourself as rejected. And you'll see yourself as left out. And you'll see yourself as, as the victim. And you'll continue to be rejected and lonely until you realize rejection is not your identity. You have to realize you are accepted in the beloved. God is providing someone. I promise you, he's providing someone for you to cling to. Don't push them away. Cling to that person that God has provided for you. Initiate relationships. Initiate friendships. If you feel lonely, look, my husband's out of town, and I felt lonely yesterday. I'm not going to lie. I missed my dog. And I felt lonely yesterday. So this morning I was already texting people. Hey, what are y'all doing today? Matt's not coming home till tomorrow. Anybody got plans today? Because I'm not going to sit at home and just sulk. Initiate relationships. It's real practical. It's real. There are people in this room right now. There's probably groups of you that feel lonely and feel rejected. And if you would initiate relationship, both of your needs would be met. God's providing someone in this room, someone in your life for you to cling to. Same with insecurity. Insecurity's robbed you long enough. Maybe you went through a, a hurt where word wounds were spoken over you. Someone spoke over, over you something. Someone told you you were ugly. Someone told you you were fat. Someone told you you were skinny. Someone told you you were too tall. Someone told you you were too short. Whatever it is, 
<laughs> Y'all laughed when I said too tall. Don't laugh at me. Whatever that in source of insecurity is in your life, stop using it as an excuse. It's robbed you for long enough. And let me tell y'all something. That insecurity, it's causing everyone around you to have to work twice as hard. Your insecurity is causing the people in your home, the people who love you, maybe your spouse, maybe your kids, maybe your parents, to work twice as hard to be in a relationship with you. And it's not even their fault because your security is not their responsibility. Your security is not the responsibility of the people around you. It's your responsibility in your relationship with Jesus. Because I'm your pastor, but I can never be Jesus. I'm your friend, but I can never be Jesus. I'm Matt's wife, but I can never be Jesus and make him secure. He can never make me secure. Now, God will send people in your life to love you and affirm you and provide for you in that way because God wants us to have healthy relationships. But at the end of the day, they cannot be your source of security. Get that insecurity healed. Shake it off. Be who God's called you to be. You're called, you're chosen, you're beautiful, you're handsome, you're smart. God has placed gifts and talents on the inside of every single one of us. And sometimes false humility keeps us from being in true freedom. I want you to imagine there's a shelf right here. And on that shelf, these are the gifts and talents that are mine that God has given me or yours that God has given you. God placed those gifts and talents in your life for a specific reason. Think about what they are. It's okay. For a moment, just think about what they are. Well, I'm, I'm good with people. You might be friendly. You might be smart. You might be joyful. You might be, I don't know, what else? An encourager. Whatever those gifts and talents that God, you might be creative. Whatever those talents and gifts that God's given you, false humility says, oh, I'm nothing. I don't have anything. Woe, woe is me. I have nothing to offer. I'm just so holy in my false humility. And God's like, hold up, sis. What about all that stuff that I gave you and that I placed in your life for my glory and for my purposes? And so it, that's how we avoid walking in pride is we go back to our shelf and we go, okay, God, thank you that you gave me this gift. Thank you that you gave me this talent. Now show me how I can use it for your glory. And when somebody comes up to you and goes, man, you're just such an encourager. You make me feel good. You say, thank you so much. I really believe God's given me that gift to use for his glory. You just put the praise back on him, but you don't like, oh, I'm just, I'm just nothing. Rise up and be secure and confident because God has placed things in your life. And I want to talk to the men for a second. Men, we women, we want you to be confident. We want you to be secure. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus that makes you be the man that God has called you to be. We want you to be strong. We want you to be clear-minded. We want you to know that you're a son of God. We want you to know that God has made you holy and pure. We don't care about your past. We want you to know that God has replaced your past with purity, with holiness. He's called you. He's destined you. We want you to be a son, and we're going to be a daughter, and then together we're going to walk together. But as long as you're insecure and as long as you're struggling with your confidence, your family's going to struggle because dad's... Believe it or not, you're the source of your kid's identity. For now, and then they're going to get their identity from God, but their identity is going to come directly from their father. Moms, you're a source of nurturing. Dads, you're a source of identity. Moms that are single in here, make sure your kids have a godly 
male figure in their lives to follow, to learn from, to be an example to them. Amen? Number four. Are we on number four? Are we on number three? Four. Okay, let's do it. Number four. Healing requires endurance. It's not going to just happen overnight. Slow down. Accept the fact this is going to be a process. You may have been through some things that you can heal from quickly. Some struggles in life we heal from quickly. Others take time. Intentionality and time. Let's read Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 through 4. And this is talking about the children of Israel. Okay, let me give you a little backstory. So the children of Israel, they left Egypt, right? What were they in Egypt? Slaves. They left Egypt. Moses led them out of Egypt. What was the first miracle that Moses performed? Parting the Red Sea. Have, has any of you parted the Red Sea recently? No. I go to the ocean a lot, but can you imagine I'm out there with my staff and I'm all trying it just to see? No. So what was another miracle that he performed? Does anybody remember? Water in the rock. He struck the rock and water came. He prayed and God sent manna from heaven and they had food every morning. So here was this man who had led them out of Egypt and per per performed all these miracles. God's hand was obviously on his life. But then let's read when they faced another, everybody say another enemy. These people were weary of enemies. How many of y'all are weary of enemies up in here today? Amen. <laughs> that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? Look, let me tell you something. This journey is going to be tough at times. It's not always just going to be water from the rock and parting Red Sea and manna from heaven and quail. It's just sometimes there will be struggles and there will be giants and there will be battles to fight. That's just life. We live in a fallen world. Bad things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. It's just part of life. And the struggles will come. But the key is that we don't become weary in well-doing like the Bible says. The Bible also says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. What does that mean? Well, it means that continually putting off your promise and putting off and putting off and waiting and waiting and waiting begins to make your heart sick. And so it's important that we stop and we take inventory and say, okay, God, this is affecting me. Look, God's not, it's important, let me just say this. <clears throat> it's important that we don't try so hard to push away the struggle or the season that we're in, that we don't acknowledge it and heal from it. Camila walked in this morning and sat down on the bench and goes, look, Aunt Jen. And I walked over. I thought she was going to show me some crazy thing. She had this, like, microscopic little tiny Band-Aid on her leg. I mean, it was tiny. Look, Aunt Jen, I scratched myself. Mommy and Daddy put lotion on and a Band-Aid. I go, oh, baby, I'm so sorry. That baby was acknowledging that she had a boo-boo, right? But sometimes in life, we're so determined to not be marked by what we're going through. Well, I don't want this to be my story. 
I don't want this to be a chapter in my story. I don't want to be marked by divorce. I don't want to be marked by loss. I don't want to be marked by cancer. I don't want to be marked by infertility. I don't want to be marked by whatever it is, by rejection or, or abuse. I don't want to be marked by it, so I'm going to just push it away and pretend like I'm fine and put a smile on my face. It's not going to heal. We have to acknowledge the pain, acknowledge the wound, and then go to our source of healing. And so this morning as we finish up, I want you to slow down today and I want you to acknowledge the struggle. Acknowledge the season. And then go to Jesus. I guarantee you he'll be there waiting for you. Go to him and say, I'm not okay. I feel like so much, so many times in Christianity this is what we lack. We want to live by faith so bad. And we want to quote scripture and we want to stand on faith and we want to just come across like we're faith-filled, which is all good and, and you need to do all of that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But you also, in your quiet time with him and in your communion with him, you need to stop and say, God, I am not okay. This hurts. The Bible says that he was acquainted with our grief, that he knows your pain and he knows your heartache and he wants to heal it. Don't stop halfway through the wilderness and start complaining. Don't settle in the wilderness and start blaming. One sign that you need to be healed, that I need to be healed, is that we're blaming everybody else around us. Well, if my wife would just, well, if my kids would just, well, if my husband would just, well, if my pastors would just, well, if my boss would just, well, what about what if you would just? <laughs> what about what if I would just? And I am not pointing my fingers at y'all this morning. I have been through a wilderness season that you wouldn't believe. But I am coming out of it now, and I am getting healed now. But it took weekly, daily, sometimes hourly, clinging to the people God had sent in my life, clinging to the Holy Spirit, and sometimes just saying, Jesus. That was all I could get out. Seasons of heartache and seasons of darkness and seasons of, of struggle that we don't understand and that we can't control will cause us to stay stuck and turn around and go back to Egypt if we're not careful. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I want to endure through the wilderness, and I want to cling to the Moses and the Aaron in my life, and I want to pursue God until I get through that wilderness to the promised land. Storms and trials will repeatedly come, but don't forget the triumphs. Don't forget that he saved you from Egypt. Don't forget that he parted the Red Sea. Don't forget the manna and the water. The, 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 most, the most important tool that you can use in this is gratitude. Just stop and praise him. Okay, Lord, this isn't easy. Okay, this isn't how I wanted it to be. This isn't like I thought it would be. This isn't what I, this isn't what I imagined it would be, but you're good. And you've provided family. You've provided friends. You've provided for me in every way. Life is not perfect. My dad might not, your dad might not be perfect. Your mom might not be perfect. Your spouse might not be perfect, but God is. And he is providing someone and something in your life that you can be grateful for. And another thing, let me say this. Ask God specifically. Let's say that you are lacking in, in a relationship specifically. You're, let's just say your dad. 
ask God, tell, be real and say, Lord, this is affecting me. The way that he is is affecting me. He has chosen his lifestyle over me. He has chosen, I'm rejected because he has chosen to live that life. And it, it means that we're not in close relationship. Well, then stop and say, okay, Lord, provide someone in my life who can be a father figure. Show me what it's like to be loved by a father. And then get close to the person he does. I don't know why I'm hounding on this, but some of you men, you are pushing away the father figures in your life, the spiritual fathers in your life that can be the perfect example to you of a godly father and can love you and be a part of your life, and you're pushing them away. Be humble enough. Humility will keep you stuck, but pride will get you, uh, no, <laughs> that ain't right. Pride will keep you stuck, but humility will get you promoted. Humility will get you promoted quicker than anything else. But pride sometimes will get you self-promoted, which doesn't last anyway. But humble yourself. Cling to the people that God has sent to you. And I'm going to close with this. Acknowledge the struggle. Barry, you could go ahead and put on some soft music for me. Acknowledge the struggle and pursue your source. Number one, you have to understand righteousness. You have to know that righteousness is a free gift. Right there where you're sitting right now, you don't have to do anything. You are righteous. If you've accepted Jesus, you don't have to do anything else. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are accepted in the beloved. You are loved with an everlasting love. The Bible says that you are worth far more than many sparrows. And this morning when I woke up, I didn't see any birds struggling. I didn't see any birds looking for food. They were just out there singing their song. And the Bible says that we are worth far more than many sparrows. He loves you. He affirms you this morning. God loves you. Do you believe that? Just like you are. Just like you are sitting there right now. And I'm sorry for anyone who told you different. I'm sorry for anyone who made you strive or try to work for their love. That's not God. That's not God. That's not how he works. You don't have to strive or work for his love. So receive that righteousness first. Number two, healing comes from his word. Know and love that manual. Carry it around with you. Study it. Know it. Talk about it. Listen to it. Know that manual front and back. Number three, take action. Healing's initiated by our actions. That insecurity you're struggling with, I know you don't want to struggle with that. That jealousy that you struggle with, I know you don't want to struggle with that anymore. Take steps. Do what you need to do. Don't just stay there. Don't just accept it as, oh, this is just my personality. No. God's called us and provided for us to live abundantly, to be like Jesus, to have the fruits of the Spirit. God's going to heal that insecurity and that rejection. And number four, healing requires endurance. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't stop here in the middle of the wilderness. Don't stop here in the middle of the struggle. Don't stop here in the middle of your grief. Don't stop. Just don't stop. Sometimes you may be sprinting and other times you may be crawling, but just don't stop. 
He promises that new, brighter days are coming. Healing will come, I promise. Sometimes it'll fall out of heaven. It'll just fall on you during worship. Sometimes it'll just fall on you during your your time with the Lord. Other times it takes pursuit. It takes endurance. It takes not giving up. It takes talking to somebody. It takes seeking out counsel, seeking out wisdom, reading books. It takes something on your part sometimes to get healed. But get healed already. Get healed already. God's up in heaven. He's looking down on you. He's saying, I love you. I did my part. Get healed already. Men, rise up. Be who God's called you to be. Love yourself so you can love your wife. Love yourself so you can love your kids. Shake off the past. You are not the past. You are not your mistakes. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray. If you would, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Go ahead and stand with me.